This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. There is a shocking new law being proposed in Texas that would require residents to produce identification on demand, even if there's no evidence of a crime. We're not talking about showing a driver's license to a highway patrol officer when pulled over. We're talking about Americans having to carry identification papers at all times. In fact, one state rep says she already does this out of fear of being profiled. I asked one of our fan favorites back on the show to talk about this, and Olivia Juliana doesn't hold back. Here's our conversation. Olivia Juliana, great to have you back. I wanted to talk to you today because there's this insane story out of Texas, and I think you've got the Texas uh, colors on. Am I right? I don't see the full frame, but that looks like a very Texas shirt. Awesome. <laughs> My parents are are in a small town just outside San Antonio. So I think some folks know I have a special uh, attachment to Texas. But there is this insane story about Senate Bill 4, and it was brought to my attention from this story about State Rep Victoria Criado, who says, I mean, this is a democratically elected representative serving in Austin who carries her passport with her all the time in the United States because she is afraid of having to prove her identity. And now there is an attempt to codify that kind of repression. And as a student of history, my thoughts immediately go back to, I mean, pick your totalitarian regime, but papers, please, is an expression that should send chills down the spine of any freedom-loving American. Yeah, I mean, this this story really, it is, uh, it's twofold. So there there's two reasons why she could be saying this or, uh, or doing this to protect herself. The, the first reason is this this bill that just passed through the Texas legislature, uh, HB4, SB4, which, like you said, you know, it is it very much is a show me your papers bill. It empowers um, police officers in the state of Texas to essentially act as federal immigration officers, uh, which is not only unprecedented, but it is unconstitutional because it gives them the power to racially discriminate against minorities um, and target people who are suspected of being migrants. Well, then the question is posed there, well, what does a migrant look like? And that is where the racial discrimination aspect of this comes into play. Um, the second um, reasoning for this could be, you said yourself, this is a lawmaker who, when session uh, is going on, she is in the city of Austin. The city of Austin right now, uh, currently, not only do they have the Austin Police Department, but they also have over, I believe, 100 Department of Public Safety officers who routinely patrol the city under the directives of Governor Abbott. And why that happened is 
when uh, when Mayor Kirk Watson was elected, he decided that he wanted to do this partnership with the Department of Public Safety, with Governor Abbott, to bring those officers into the city. And what ended up happening is we saw a huge uptick in the misdemeanor arrests and the um, altercations with police officers, specifically within the Latino community. And so the city of Austin, the city council actually decided to dissolve that partnership and to remove the patrols from the city of Austin. And Governor Abbott actually came in and said, well, you actually don't have the power to do that. I'm the person that oversees the Department of Public Safety. So I'm actually going to send 75 more DPS officers into the city. So now, not only do you have HB4 that has gone into effect, which allows for any officer of the law in the state of Texas to racially profile people, but you also now, in the city of Austin, um, have an influx of police officers who are not overseen by the city, who are not overseen by the mayor, who are specifically given their directives by Governor Abbott. And this just plays into this entire theme of this is a special session agenda item, which means that in order for this to come up in this special session, Governor Abbott had to put it on the agenda. So this is not the agenda of the people. This is not the agenda of the voters. This is truly the agenda of Governor Abbott, of his donors, and of the people who were steering the politics within the Republican Party of Texas. This seems to be a a national trend where you have red states trying to tell blue cities within those states how to govern themselves, how to police themselves. Uh, it is backfiring in some cases, but I don't, I don't think enough Americans realize just the, the, the imposition that Republican governors are placing on democratically elected Democratic mayors and city councils because they don't like their politics. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I live in the city of Houston and right now we have a mayor's election going on um, and we have we have two candidates, one of which is Congressman Sheila Jackson Lee. The other is a state senator, John Whitmire. Um, John Whitmire is actually a proponent of this DPS program that was put into place in Austin. And even though we saw the records there, he still wants to bring it here into the city of Houston, which I find reprehensible. But um here in Houston in particular, it's also in Harris County, which is the largest, bluest county in the state of Texas. And the state legislature has routinely passed and prioritized bills specifically to affect Houston and Harris County because of the electoral possibilities that will come from this county. Um, a lot of election laws come into mind. There was an election bill in particular that changed the way that elections function uh, in Harris County. And the way that the bill was written is it was specifically said counties with a population of over, I want to say, 2.5 million. And the only county in the state of Texas that that applies to is Harris County. Uh, and so it's not just, you know, targeting these uh, big blue cities. Um, it really is subverting the will of the voters because in these cities, you have, you know, democratically elected um, mayors, you have democratically elected city councils, but you also have county commissions, which have a, a substantial amount of power, especially in relations to um, money coming down from the federal government. So it's very much sinister in the way of it's, we're gonna try to subvert your elections, but we're also going to try our best to ensure that you don't get access to the, the programs and materials and resources that you need as a as a way of punishment, really, um, and that is that's the the theme that we constantly see coming out of Austin, that we constantly see coming out of the governor's mansion, which is if you are not following the agenda of Greg Abbott, uh, the Defend Texas Liberty PAC, uh, of Tim Dunn, uh, Tim Dunn, and these other donors, 
then your bills are going to get vetoed. You're going to be called back for a special session. We're going to primary you, which is what's happening right now. There is a civil war in the Republican primaries happening here in Texas because um, uh, there are Republicans who are not conservative enough because they would not vote on vouchers and they decided instead to protect Texas public schools. So now they're trying to remove them from office. And that's just the theme that we see constantly here in Texas. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. I think the first indicator we had of that outside of Texas, I've been paying attention to the to the voucher debacle and all that, but it was the acquittal of AG Paxton. That was the first time it really blew up on the national scene, just how rancorous this civil war within the Texas Republican Party is. But I want you to help us understand the moral implications of that for the Republican Party writ large. This is a clearly corrupt AG, attorney general, top law enforcement officer in the state of Texas, um, clearly corrupt, indicted by his own side in the House of Representatives, and they let him off in the Senate. Why did they do that? And what does that say, not just about Texas, Texas's Republican Party, but Republicans around the country? So Ken Paxton has been under federal indictment the entire time he has been attorney general of the state of Texas. Um, and what happened here was essentially the uh, the Defend Texas Liberty PAC is a far right PAC here in the state of Texas that has largely decided the agenda of the Republican Party. They are the ones putting up a lot of this money in these different elections that have been going on. Um, and essentially what happened is this all really came up because of the impeachment of Ken Paxton. Uh, the Speaker of the Texas House, his name is Dade Phelan. He is a little bit more uh, a little bit more centered than some of these other Republicans. He's willing to work with Democratic elected officials and committees. And that was a problem for them because why are you wanting to work with Democrats if you are the Speaker of the House? That's uh, uh, that's antithetical to what the conservatives want in Texas, despite the fact that they have passed all their conservative agenda items with pretty much flying cover, flying colors. Um, but what happened is it was put to a vote and the Defend Texas Liberty Pact started to threaten people. They said, if you vote for this impeachment, we're going to primary you. And that's where you see a lot of these primaries in the state house coming from. That same pack then went to the Texas Senate. And in the state of Texas, an impeachment trial is overseen by the lieutenant governor as the president of the Senate. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, um, uh, it comes out the day that the impeachment trial is going to begin. I believe two days later, Dan Patrick receives $3 million from the Defend Texas Liberty PAC, which uh, is, keep in mind, the same PAC that had been threatening people that if you vote to impeach Ken Paxton, we will primary you out of office. So Ken Paxton is being impeached in the Texas Senate, where, by the way, his wife is also a Texas state senator. And the judge overseeing the trial receives $3 million from one of the largest, most corrupt pro-Ken Paxson PACs in the entire state, if not one of the most corrupt in the entire country. And coincidentally, um, he is acquitted of all charges in the Texas Senate. Now, an important note I want to make here for a lot of people is they think that this is a one and done thing. And I need to remind folks that Ken Paxton still has federal charges pending. 
And I truly believe that it is not when Ken Paxton goes to jail, it is, or if he goes to jail, it's when he goes to jail. Because at some point, he will be held accountable for his crimes. I don't think it'll happen in the state of Texas, but he, com- he committed federal crimes, and he's going to have to suffer the consequences of that. But those are federal charges. And this is, I'm sure, going to be a depressing point. If Donald Trump wins the next election, the pardons are going to be, you know, fast and 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 free. And Trump was Ken Paxton's biggest champion. I think he loved the fact that he was corrupt. He saw a, a kindred spirit in Ken Paxton and and defended him all the way and was one of the first people to congratulate him after the Senate acquitted him. I can't think of a a more damning indictment of today's Republican Party than just how attracted to to corruption they are and how they celebrate their victory over justice itself. Well, I think that I think you just said it uh, said it yourself, which is this is precisely why we need to reelect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in twenty twenty four is because uh, it's not just about the crimes of Donald Trump; it's the crimes of the people who he has chosen to surround himself with. Uh, and you know, Ken Paxton is just one of many examples of that. I mean, how many Trump allies have we seen in the last couple of years go to jail or be convicted of crimes? Uh, you know, not pending a conviction of the former president. I think that this is just the case we have to make to the voters of understanding what is truly at stake. Talk about that. You have this viral tweet out talking about the stakes. I can't think of very many people who think Joe Biden is a perfect president, but the stakes of a purity test in this case are almost too high to imagine. Uh, talk to us about your activism there and and why the vote is not a, for, a virtue signal. It is a It is a chess move. Mm-hmm. I think the the most important thing I think people have to remember is I think a lot of people, uh, their political opinions for the most part, at least within the Democratic Party, are coming from a place of empathy. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, there's this kind of uh, tension, very strong tension right now, obviously linked to the conflict going on uh, in the Middle East. And I think a lot of people are forgetting something that AOC actually said last year uh, when she was asked if she would endorse President Biden for re-election in 2024, which is, we agree on the things that matter the most. Like, we agree on the core principles. We agree that voting, it should be easier to vote. We agree that people should be able to make decisions about their own body. We agree that we should protect education. We agree that we shouldn't ban books. These are core fundamental things that we all agree on. Uh, And, you know, I'm a young woman. I live in the state of Texas. And for me, the consequences of elections are felt uh, very literally. This is not, it's not a metaphorical thing of, oh, this could happen. I live in a state where abortion is banned with no exceptions. I live in a state where public education is being defunded and attacked and books are being banned. I live in a state where my elected government representatives are consistently trying to subvert the will of me as a voter and to make it more difficult for me to take part in our democracy. These are not the hypothetical stakes of what will happen in America if Donald Trump is reelected to be president. These are the reality that millions of people like myself are already living in that will get substantially worse if we do not reelect President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And it's not just about uh, virtue signaling. It's not about, oh, well, you know, they're not the other guy. They're not as bad, so I'm going to vote for them. I am not voting against Donald Trump. I am voting for 
Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because of what they have done for people across this country. We are seeing, uh, we've seen mass investments. I could go on and on about the bipartisan, bipartisan legislation that's happened in such an extreme time of political polarization. And I often talk myself about the, uh, the reason I'm able to have gone to college my freshman year is because of the American Rescue Plan. That is an investment that the Biden-Harris administration made that tangibly changed the direction of my life. And I am just one of millions of young people in this country who got access to that kind of uh, policy and to that kind of grant because of this administration. This is just one example. And so uh, I am I'm unapologetic in my support of reelecting them. I understand there are going to be people who see this and who disagree with me, who want to discount me and say that I'm not a true activist. But I believe that true activism is uh, saying the hard thing, even if it's unpopular, and is doing the hard work, even if you're doing it alone. And in this instance, I'm not alone. There are millions of people out there just like me. There are millions of Texans out there just like me who understand what is at stake and want to ensure that we can move our state forward and that we can keep our country intact. And so I'm proud to, to vote for them next year, and I'm proud to encourage other young people to do the same. Can you give us a quick update on uh, Lou's Cruz and the the fight to replace Ted Cruz as, as your senator? I mean, replace Ted Cruz is, I think, like, just period, boom. Like, that's the, that's the thing that people consistently need to hear. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, people talk about the winter storm. I don't want to talk about that all the time. I want to talk about how Ted Cruz is legislatively ineffective. What have you done for the people of Texas? You know, even you look at the other Republican in contrast, you look at John Cornyn. Uh, John Cornyn is senior senior senator from Texas. He worked bipartisanly to pass major legislation. He works constantly to try to bring money back to the state. What is Ted Cruz doing to better the living conditions of people in the state of Texas, even on a, on a bipartisan scale? What is he doing to improve the, the access of water infrastructure? What is he doing to include the access of broadband internet? Because from what I understand, he has voted against every single bill that has brought federal investments into the state of Texas, whether it was the Chips and Science Act, whether it was the infrastructure bill, whether it was the Inflation Reduction Act. These are all pieces of legislation that Ted Cruz voted against that will substantially benefit the people of Texas. And that is just reflective of him, not only as a senator, but as a person where he's ineffective, but it's also all about his bottom line and his image, not about what's actually going to better the living conditions of his constituents. Well, Olivia, as always, great to have you. Keep up the fight. Thanks for joining us. Of course. <laughs>